Hello and welcome to the podcast of Dog's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club number 24, Christy and the Mother's Day Surprise, in which we learn that the best Mother's Day gift of all is illegal daycare. <laughs> what can't illegal daycare do? I know, it's the solution to literally everything. Uh, did either of you guys read this back in the day? Nope. Yes. <laughs> you did? Ah, okay. Many times. Tell us what you remembered. Okay. Because um, I didn't either, so it's it's just you. Oh, really? Just me? Um, this was this was a classic one for me because I guess I just, I really like the illegal daycare episodes. To be fair, they're actually, if you're reading these for the babysitting, that's where it's maximal babysitting. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't think any of us particularly enjoyed the interpersonal drama ones as much. So no. yeah, no, if you just want full on balls to the wall babysitting <laughs> that's what you get here um, that's probably not a good term Look, that's okay, going I have... on merch <laughs> balls to the wall babysitting okay um what i remember about this book is actually yeah quite a lot of it this is the one that i that slightly merged in my memory with um our first illegal daycare outing with Christie's mother getting married and stuff. Uh. It's, um, so I, I had those two confused in my head. Um, I remember, uh, yeah, just a lot of the kind of general gist of it. But specifically, I remembered Christie's mother getting very emotional about the plan and being all like, oh my God, you guys, this is so nice. Um, and I remember Mary Ann feeling very left out for the whole book because of the very strong Mother's Day theme that's going on here. Um, and Mary Ann is the daughter of a single dad. So <clears throat> that's obviously like difficult for her. Um, and I also remembered the adoption of Emily. Um, but uh, I hadn't realised it was part of this book. It's like a, um, it's, it's interesting because it's a whole thing that gets tacked onto the end of the book. <laughs> doesn't actually interact that much with the result. Yeah, it's like the plot wraps up and then it's like, oh, they're also, we're adopting a baby tomorrow. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I actually wondered reading that if that was um, covered a little, a little more, this is the main plot of the book way in one of the Little Sisters books. I read the Little Sister books when I was of an age to actually read them. Um, and I don't recall that happening, but then I think I might have been even choosier about the ones that I wanted to read. Yeah. Like, there's a few where Karen goes off the deep end and was like, no, I'm not going to read that. Um, so, yeah, maybe this might have been... <laughs> they were probably the best ones. <laughs> uh, some of it was... It was just very emotionally challenging for, like, six-year-old me to Aww. read about Karen. There's one called Karen the Spy, where she decides to... Um, she makes, like, 20 New Year's resolutions and then records everything, all the her family's New Year's resolutions and spies on them and writes down in her notebook who's keeping the resolutions and who isn't. And then oh at the God. end they're like, Karen, you're being a giant hypocrite and she has to apologise to everybody. What a monster. <laughs> Alright, so you remember that Emily Michelle turns up. Yes, uh, at the end. I found it actually more emotional to reread than I um, kind of anticipated. It's a really emotional book. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on in it. Um, I think there's a lot in that that would resonate much more with like women in their late 30s than 13 year olds yes uh anyway that is the very end of the book which we have sort of skipped to yes <laughs> um yeah so i'm going to rely on esther's notes because i don't remember my most recent reading of this book all that well 
<laughs> oh yeah, let's just briefly touch on the cover art. Okay. Uh, which in the way of the books at this period is drawn by someone who knows what human beings look like, so that's fine. Christy has a face on her. Um, she has, in fact, <laughs> a pulse on her. She absolutely oh has. They are at the. She's at the carnival with an unspecified small child who has an unflattering bowl haircut that I'm pretty sure <laughs> I had that exact haircut at some time. I don't think it's even a bowl haircut. He just has a shite fringe. <laughs> yeah, mm. Like it looks like it's fringe. actually pretty short at the sides. Like That's it's true. not like yeah. And uh, Christy looks filled with resentment which just comes out of nowhere because like she's very happy with how everything goes in this book like she's, yeah she's like top of her game cheerful yeah. go-getter let's make a plan christy she's yeah. babysitting up a storm everyone appreciates what she does it's like faces are hard faces are hard but this person got paid to illustrate a book with some as their job yeah like Lots of things are hard. You expect the people who do it as professionally and ask for money for it to be able to do it anyway. Yeah, like surgery is hard. <laughs> yeah, we, we, surgery is hard. We don't accept that as an excuse if the surgeon messes it up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just put the picture away now because Christy is judging me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, she's really, really pissed off for like no reason. Yeah, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. I'm I think gonna... she actually looks like someone <laughs> who I knew and didn't like in the late 80s, early 90s because like her face annoys me there in a really visceral, deep-seated way. But like in a she's one of those girls I don't like kind of way and I'm like, I don't know who she reminds me of but obviously she reminds me of someone. I think all Mean Girls had that hairstyle back then. That's probably, I was about to say back when that hair was in fashion but yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. She does also look pretty Irish. I would believe that this Christy was like, was from like Stony Batter or somewhere. They told me. Yeah, no, I agree. She does just, yeah. There's a face. She looks Dublin-y. There's, there's some faces that are like, not to be all like, oh, people are, you know, the prisoner of their ethnicity or whatever. But there are some faces where you're, you'd be in like New York and something go like, oh, that, that lad looks like he's from Dublin. Big Irish you know? head is the technical yeah, term. Yeah, big Irish head. No, big them. Irish heads. <laughs> All right, shall we summarise this book? We probably should. Let's. All right, chapter one. Uh, Christy subtly introduces the themes of the novel <laughs> by having an inner monologue about family, who's in her family, what makes a family. The fact that Karen and Andrew's mother and stepfather have gone on a business trip for several weeks so Karen and Andrew are spending a lot more time at her house what the fuck kind of business trip takes several weeks what are they doing I mean the both of them like what do they I mean I I'm trying to think I did work for a company where people would be sent to uh sites where a software was used to do like training and stuff it could take a couple of weeks so maybe it was something like that like that they were having to train some people in someone's got to learn to do the punch cards for <laughs> i guess yeah because it's the 80s um, um they had the big cardboard floppy disks yeah that's true actually yeah the, the huge really floppy floppy disks because yes. the smaller ones weren't floppy like yeah, yeah the like proper the massive floppies the ones i've never actually seen in person <laughs> <laughs> oh i heard a customer service story of somebody who was trying to give tech support over the phone and they're like, yeah, my floppy disk is just making this awful grinding noise when I put it in. And they uh-huh. were like, okay, well, here's what it could be. And they talked about it for a while. And then eventually they realized that the person did not have the like four inch floppy disk. So they had taken a larger one and cut it to fit. What? 
No? Why, why would you think that would help? I I don't know. I feel like anybody who works in tech support, I mean, not not Aoife, obviously, but any of our listeners who are on this are probably like, yeah, I've heard something that's the, at least the equivalent to that. I, I mean, no, like, like physically <laughs> curving up the tech is extreme. <laughs> well, look, I've had people be like, this device is supposed to be waterproof. I wore it in the pool. And now it doesn't work properly. And I said it for a repair. And they said there was water damage. This device is waterproof. And I'm like, well, it is definitely meant to be waterproof. Um, so what happened? And then, and then, then like they described, well, you know, it worked fine every time I swam with it. And then it just stopped. I'm like, okay, uh, right. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it except for the crack I'd just got in the screen. <laughs> oh. I'm like, okay, so... The thing about water is that it can flow through a crack. There's this song about a hole in a bucket you might remember from your childhood that may illustrate this. Oh my God, I hope you I said that to all those no, people. No, I did not say that. I just said it in my head real loud. I did say the thing. I did say, okay, well, the thing is the water got in the crack. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Like, well, you should have. Because that's physics. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not even fancy physics that you have to learn. It's the normal physics that you learn by being in the world. It's the intuitive <laughs> physics that even tiny children have grasped. This is not... <laughs> this is totally monkey brain compatible. Stop yeah. here. <laughs> a crack is a type of a hole. Water can flow into holes. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Anyway, Christy's monologuing about family. Is that yes. right? So as is the way with these books lately, um, she's introducing the themes and then she tells us a bit about her friends and how they relate to the themes. So we had Mallory telling us how everyone felt about earrings and how many ear piercings they had. Because <laughs> that was a heavily us, earring themed book. Yes. yes. Earrings were the theme of that. Yes, obsessively. I mean, we could probably say it was like creative self-expression in terms of dress and accessorization and their own appearance by the time of teenagers. But no, it was earrings. Yeah. It was earrings. Just earrings. <laughs> yes. It really was. Bless. It was sponsored by Claire's. Everything else, like, was an absolute throwdown. Like, you know, she says to her parents, literally, um, oh, I need a new wardrobe. And they're like, oh, I can't have that. And she's like, that's fine. It's only a bargaining chip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's literally just the earrings. Give I really the earrings. just need earrings. <laughs> so now Christy is telling us about everyone's family and how they feel about their family and that Marianne's mom is dead and blah, blah, blah. And that she says some problematic things about Claudia, uh, such as... There's nothing, and I mean nothing, typical or average or ordinary about Claudia. To begin with, she's Japanese-American, um, which I think I physically recoiled at. <laughs> yeah, oh, and we're back to using exotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we got the E word. Uh, Dawn has been living in Connecticut for over a year, but she still looks at, sort of Californian, uh, which apparently means hella Aryan. <laughs> Um, so yes, Christy thinks some more about family and the nature of family and the club, which is kind of like a family. Then she thinks about her shitty birth dad and is like, yeah, mm -hmm. no, fuck him. He's not family. And then she goes back <laughs> to thinking care. about her family. Good for her. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Then we have a babysitter's club meeting at which she's wearing her wearing her visor and a pencil over her ear and sitting in the director's chair so that not only is she in charge but she looks like she's in charge i love her yeah <laughs> and well, what i said though about this was i mean i there's a lot to be said for looking like you're in charge you know dress for the job you want and all that mm-hmm. but where did she get the idea that that's how you look like you're in charge <laughs> <laughs> yeah she really just kind of improvised this along the way and has now decided this is what a president looks like visor pencil director's chair i'm ready to be ceo yeah <laughs> i wonder if there was an actual director of a movie that oh, had that kind of is this like steven spielberg or somebody maybe appeared maybe. in that garb um because the director's chair is like that makes sense kind of specific really random yeah um to the pr- profession of directing or <laughs> yes it's not really a business <laughs> furniture perhaps claudia had other seats and they were insufficiently directorial maybe so she had to, like well everyone on. else is either on the bed or the floor i think so oh yeah I maybe mean, it's her only chair and she's just like marking her territory by sitting in it i think that is actually what it is that that it's the only chair so she yeah. sits in it i think though oh like let's face it if she actually wanted to look like she was in charge any other way she'd have to like forgo the jeans and turtleneck and wear a power suit or something and she's not gonna do that so chair it is no i know but she would rock she would absolutely rock some like you know red braces gordon gecko style (laughs) power business person or massive shoulder pads she's very small remember she is that's why it would be adorable imagine an undersized 13 year old she looks about 11 wearing like we'd find it adorable i don't think her peers who she's trying to intimidate would find it adorable I think she's no. terrifying enough that they wouldn't say anything to her, though. Well, no, they wouldn't. not to her face. <laughs> not to her face. <laughs> they might leave notes. They already fucking comment on her jeans and turtlenecks often enough, so... That's true. They complain about it. Dawn's diet is, yet again, very inconsistent. Um, this time, Dawn says she... Dawn apparently won't even eat meat, even though, like, we've definitely seen her eat meat. Yeah, she, I, she doesn't eat red meat, I think. Yeah. I don't think Anna Martin knows what these people eat. I, I, though, I do think I knew people in my teens who would be a vegetarian one week and be like, oh, yes, well, I'm a vegetarian, but I eat steak. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. It's like, here's, that is a literal quote from somebody I knew. A lot of, I'm a vegetarian, but I eat chicken was more common. But yeah, I knew that. Or even more commonly is more like, oh, you're a vegetarian, so I made you a chicken thing. (laughs) Oh. Um, wow Um, but but like out of you know the goodness of their heart thinking that was a thing so yeah maybe I don't know there were more people who ate chicken but not cows I suppose back in the day yeah (laughs) maybe people were just less clear on what a vegetarian I also think chicken is like in terms of flavour the least meaty meat like chicken breast Mm -hmm. is like what you eat if you don't want to eat meat but you feel you need a large influx of protein that doesn't come from a plant yeah. And you don't want an egg. Um, yes. Anyway, we are still in chapter one. <laughs> no, we're in chapter two now. Yeah, <gasps> oh, no, 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 we've moved on. We're in chapter two. It's we're fine. It's fine. Okay. It's They're good. having the meeting where, where Christy announces her other big idea. Mm. What? Oh, that they do something for Mother's Day? Yeah, I know yes. it's not actually an idea. She's no. just like... Mother's Day. I can't think it's of a thing. Present. And then everyone talks about it and how it's stressful to know what to get your mother. And then Marianne looks sad because her mother is dead. And everyone, like feels bad but then is like okay but we still need to talk about mother's day extensively in front of marianne so 
she's just gonna have to deal yeah i think they feel like this is an absolute obligation um and like i'm sorry about your feelings but we we need to crowdsource it like yeah, I think they feel here. under an like, awful lot of pressure to to do this Mother's Day thing. Yeah. Um, and like they feel bad for Marianne, but this is not something that they can just skip. The novel needs stakes. And yeah. it's it's coming at the expense of Marianne's feelings, and that's just how it is. Yeah. None of the mothers seem like it's not like any of them are externally applying pressure over Mother's Day. No, um, not at all. One, like some of them are super happy about the the thing that the girls come up with, but um. So yeah, Ma- Mallory describes um something that also I remembered from reading this, uh, where uh she's they're all comparing stories about crap Mother Ga- Mother's Day gifts, and she's like, yeah, Margot makes um my mother uh, a clay handprint and paints it green every year. Um, like what's she gonna do with all those green handprints? Um, and I was like, wow, you mean. You could give someone a present that they wouldn't want. Like, <laughs> it's like presents are just, it's a thing that someone gave you and things are great. Like I'm just gonna take whatever it is. I'd never had the notion before that a gift might be unwelcome. And also actually as a, as an adult now, I'm like, I mean, you could have a kind of a cool art installation with all the hands getting yeah, slightly bigger. Yeah. You just find a corridor or something. Put them all up. That would like... be Pinterest gold, actually. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I think I first realized the presents could be things you didn't want when I was about, like, I was like a skeptical 14-year-old tomboy who was afraid to talk to boys and therefore was, like, sneery at the thought of those those girls who think they're so cool and aren't mm-hmm. afraid to talk to boys. And um, <laughs> those jerks. my ostensible, like, best friends who are, yeah, those bitches, yeah. <laughs> Um, my ostensible best friends just down the road for me who like I mean I would just I think their parents bought Cocoa Pops just for me because I would just go to their house every day and we Aww. would like I would eat a lot of Cocoa Pops you know we saw each other every single day in the holidays and you know every weekend not in the holidays and um, for my birthday or Christmas they couldn't decide what they didn't know what to get me and they left it too late and then they got me like a book called Love Signs on how to find your romantic partner based on your star sign <laughs> I was just like, um, this is, okay. I think I actually was like, why did you get me this? Um, I, I don't think I was polite about it. Like, I was like, I mean, like, thank you for getting me a present, but what the fuck is this? Why, why did you think I'd like anything in this book? Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was fun. One of our regular listeners, uh, who now lives in Japan, um, so this hasn't happened for a few years, but he did have a ah, yes. tradition which was very entertaining to watch where he has a um, a mutual friend of ours uh, who he would get performatively terrible birthday presents for every year. And so you'd show up to the birthday party and like, what did you get him this year? And it would be... Um, that one year he got him the entire series of the Princess Diaries movies yep. um, on DVD, except for the first one. So yeah. he got him like two through seven. Oh my God, that's sadistic. It was classic. Like the recipient might have actually enjoyed the first one, maybe, because that was the one that was good of all those movies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leaving out the good one is what really makes that. So yes, chapter three. We're on chapter three. Um, oh no, sorry. Christy is talking about family again. Um, there's enjoyable chaos at the Watson. I'm I'm always going to accidentally call it the Watson Brewer House. It's the Brewer Thomas House. 
Um, it's very <laughs> confusing because Thomas is a surname that's also yeah. a first name, and mm-hmm. Watson is a first name that's also a, that's surname. Also a surname. I can't no. keep that straight in my it's mind. It's entirely reasonable. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to ask of us all. Um, so <laughs> David Michael is trying to sing Beans, Beans, the musical fruit at the dinner table, <laughs> which I think is probably the closest this book ever comes to acknowledging. I mean, these books ever come to acknowledging such a thing as farts. I, this is this is very edgy for these books. Um, Christy is like frantically trying to get everyone to behave, and uh, her mom is just being misty eyed and being like, "Families are so lovely," and Christy's like, "You're all being horrible. Stop, stop misbehaving." <laughs> Now, why would you bother? Like, your mom is clearly has is satisfied with the level of behaviour that's Jesus, going on. Yeah, when I was thirteen, the only thing I cared about was that I was getting the most food. Like, I would not give a fuck if someone else's kids were being. It old. was this thing, like, yeah, David Michael singing "Beans, Beans, Musical Fruit" and Christy kicking him, and and like at her end of the table, mom put down her fork and looked lovingly at Watson. We're so lucky, she said. Like, have you missed the fact that there's been nothing but bickering at this fucking table for the last ten solid minutes? Like, I once got sent out to eat my dinner on the patio in a, in, in a light rain. What did you do? I, I can't even remember messing. Like, I... At the dinner table, I, what I actually did was my what I actually did was my dad was in a really bad mood that day. But um, yeah, I or did I like refuse to peel my potato with my knife and fork and instead did it with my hands and like <laughs> just defied defied my oh, father's God. orders to the contrary so many times he absolutely lost it and was like eat your dinner outside then and I felt I felt like an abused Victorian orphan because there was a very very light mist. <laughs> So your parents did not witness you doing this and go, we should have another baby. No, they they did not, in fact. And I think my, my mom, in fact, like was like, Jerry, I'm letting her back in five minutes later. <laughs> that I did, you know. But uh, like, we would let the cats back in. And, like, sometimes they've done stuff like, like jumped on someone's head trying to get oh, down. I was the extremely aggrieved by this, and I, I still think it was unfair, and I would not have done it myself. But uh, yeah, um, I, I think probably I was doing something like yeah, refusing to use cutlery, but refusing to use cutlery in a well, you can't make me kind of a way. Okay. Um, and it was probably the will you can't make me rather than the refusal to use cutlery. It was a battle of wills. I will find a way to I... make you eat your dinner on the patio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With your knife <laughs> I'm just picturing you peering in the window angrily eating a potato with your hand. <laughs> like an apple. <laughs> I mean, I did that sometimes. <laughs> Usually cold leftover ones. No, you're really making a point when you eat a hot potato with your hands. Yeah, no. That would be very intimidating. I was on the patio in the rain. The food didn't stay hot for very long. <laughs> oh, no. You know what you weren't doing in this story? Policing your brother's table manners. Mm. No, but you know, I did that sometimes too. <laughs> it's It's more normal when it's like, stop doing that. You're annoying me and not like... You're showing us all up in front of our shared parents. <laughs> you're being unseemly. Yeah, it's a bit weird that the Christie's taking is they hate that song. Not you're being an annoying little dipshit. I mean, because <laughs> Michael and Karen have the you're being annoying sort of sibling argument. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I guess there's tensions in the family or perceived ones due to the yeah. fact that they're still a, they're a newly blended family. But like, 
yeah. the parents seem very chill. The parents like, are fine with it. I think Christy has just decided all of this is a problem. But yeah, yeah, mm. Christy likes to be in control. Let us not forget. Yes. Oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, uh, late that night, she's been thinking and thinking about the mess, the best Mother's Day gift, and she mm-hmm. has a brainwave which is, as we will find out, that she's going to volunteer all of her friends' labour to do yet another illegal daycare. <laughs> when in doubt. Yep. Illegal Hold daycare. Illegal daycare. She has decided on everyone's behalf that this is the best solution. Can I just point out that prior to this moment, um, she had she was trying to consider other Mother's Day gifts, and among them are stockings. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, that was fucking bizarre. I have um, questions about that because socks, not really. Tights, kind of not really. Stockings in the modern sense, as in really? Like like thigh highs? Like those sexy? Those are only for socks? sexy reasons. Yeah. Those are only Why are you for sexy that reasons. for your mother? Listen, like, mom, I think you need to spice things up a bit. <laughs> also, as they have asked her like eight times in the scene, are you pregnant though? Because the way you're acting makes it sound like you might be. I mean, I get that. I also like, frankly though, I, I get that now as an adult reading it, but as a kid or a teenager, it would not have occurred to me to, that there was an analysis of an adult's behavior that could be like like resolved by ah they're pregnant i mm. i don't think that was just a realm apart from me unless utterly. they were literally eating pickles on ice cream <laughs> yeah i like, guess i'd seen enough sitcoms that i was aware yeah. of that but like yeah no i would have just been like like none of this would have made me think i'm pregnant no like no yeah as an adult sure but like yeah their yeah. mom keeps getting emotional and everyone is constantly <laughs> asking her about the condition of her uterus which frankly i don't think that many teenage boys would be keen to ask their mom anything along those lines either like they're also they they respond um i think they're asked would you like another sibling and they're like yeah cool great these two college college age lads (laughs) high school lads i think that's largely because like they're like always out of the house doing stuff it's gonna be nothing to do with them yeah they never have to babysit after all i i can see there being a type of like older brother that might be like oh my god no you cannot bring shame upon our household by making it clear that you have once again had sex yeah everyone would know you did true, it yeah like the horror uh, like yeah, in sabrina um, like remember when harvey his mom is suddenly having another baby and sabrina's like you mean your parents still and he's like oh don't even don't, don't bring it up that's all i can think of it <laughs> oh wow okay yeah yeah i think um like yeah. No, the the whole family is just like, oh, cool. Yeah, babies. We love babies. Um, I suppose there are like eight children in the room when this happens. So they all are like, okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, the stockings line was weird. I just I just don't know what sort of garment we're talking about here. Um, It's presumably not sexy stockings. Presumably not, but I'm having trouble interpreting it at all. Like, Were these books like translated into German and then back out again. <laughs> oh, that's probably it, yes. Yeah, that'd be it. Strumpfe. Yes. You were thinking about getting your mother's socks, which is, if it was socks, I would be like, oh, it's kind of a crap gift, but you could potentially get those. But understandable. It's a, it's a, we understand that as a gift concept. <laughs> like, it's not a great gift, but it's a normal routine gift. Although, if people want socks, then it's a great gift. Yes. If they have asked you for it, which actually... I have bought people socks on request several times in the last few years. I have some very nice socks that I've gotten from you. 
and from oh, really? another of our listeners, uh, my cousin Elise, who got me some avocado socks because I'm a millennial and I love them. Oh, <laughs> amazing. And because you bought your own house, so you don't need to worry about the like the bad um, vibes that you might be given. Exactly. The avocado curse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've defeated it. <laughs> I literally never ordered avocado toast anywhere until I had like the mortgage paperwork all signed. <laughs> well, you've got to observe the proprieties, you know? Otherwise, oh, you In a hundred years time. People will still be like, you can't order that until you have a house. Yeah, it's bad luck. Uh, it's just tradition. It's bad luck. <laughs> it's and tradition. Being... <laughs> yeah, no, and literally the, the, the day we got like the paper when we were like, okay, yeah, we're actually buying the house. It's great, sorted out, brilliant, it's all happening. We went out and I had avocado toast for lunch. Oh, it's so <laughs> symbolic. I bet it was yeah. very satisfying. It was really nice. I literally, I don't think I'd ever eaten an avocado before. Really? Wow. Because yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of salads have stuff in them that I don't like, uh, so mm. I don't tend to order them when I'm out, and I just hadn't. And you were forbidden to have avocado toast, so yeah. I forbidden to have avocado toast, avocado toast, so how, how would I eat avocado? And yeah. I just happened to not have, like, come across it, I guess. My, my folks like avocado enough to just, like, eat one with a spoon cut in half. Um, mm. No, it's like, it's totally a thing. You, uh, yeah, like, yeah, lemon and, and, like... Yeah. Uh, salt and pepper and you oh yeah lemon things. salt and pepper yeah. on it yes yeah. so I was thinking about like just eating it plain I'm like that would be a bit weirdly bland oh yeah lemon salt and pepper I could do yeah, yeah. oh my god we watched um, I mean I like avocado we watched the never ending story last night and the dad in the opening scene is like giving his son a lecture while pouring a glass of orange juice into a blender and adding a raw egg and uh. then he blends it and in the same shot he drinks it so it's not like they've put something edible in there in the meantime Ew. and he probably had to do that scene so many times <laughs> um and yeah. he just downs this whole glass of orange juice with a raw egg mixed into it and i was like what were the 80s there's a trend that i hope does not come back i think everyone's too afraid of germs to eat raw, raw eggs these days so it's yeah. fine which is ironic because they're much safer now you could probably get a carton of pasteurized egg and pour it into your smoothie. Yeah, that would be the one. Don't give people ideas, Karen. <laughs> let's 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 move on and talk about the babysitters club. All right. Okay. So Christy's back at Claudia's house. Uh, we've got some depressing foreshadowing about Mimi. How she's like getting a bit older and a bit confused. We're just going to no. not talk about Mimi because thank you. Yeah, it bums us out. It's, it's happening soon. We can't skip the book. No, I know. It's literally the next book. But um, <laughs> then, yes, so Christy explains the illegal daycare concept and everyone's very excited. Um, they're going to do it. Uh, they're going to take the kids on an outing and then they're going to do it the day before Mother's Day so that they can all spend the day with their own mothers. And then everyone looks at Marianne, who's looking sad. At this point, I wonder if Marianne is like, they expect me to look sad, so I'm going to look sad. Yeah, like, very possible. She, she does not remember her mother. Yeah, I'd like to know her in her monologue here. Yeah, um, she does come up with a solution at the end, which is great. Yes. Like, um, for, or not a solution, but just a, you know, here's how I'm going to approach this whole situation. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what she needed. It's not so much <laughs> she's grieving for her mother and she's super sad, as there's this whole holiday that just everyone else won't shut up about and she doesn't know how to make it apply mm -hmm. to her. Yeah, which, I mean, that would be awkward for anyone. Mm -hmm. um, yes, Christy has also learned temporarily, learned some lessons from the previous yep. book because she's actually asking people for feedback and gets them to agree to the idea, uh, which is 
purely revolutionary for her. Yeah, and it's kind of grudging, but like, yeah, it just shows some personal growth. Yes, she's <laughs> trying. Oh, and they have a really revolutionary idea, which is to get some minor input from the kids' dads. Maybe the fathers could be involved. The yeah. fathers have been really cooperative, I they mentioned uh, yeah. later on. Like, <laughs> cooperative in arranging free childcare for their own children. <laughs> They're fucking princes. Maybe they could drop the kids off and pick them up. Maybe they could make their lunches. You know, like, and if there's siblings too young, like Lucy, maybe List- Mr. Newton will agree to watch her while Jamie's with us. These men are such woke bays. Like, I mean, <laughs> she's his fucking daughter. Why wouldn't he watch her? Yeah. This is the attitude that has the fucking thing of calling it babysitting when it's the yes. dad looking after the kids. Yeah. I'm not okay with it. I could, I could, if if they didn't go into detail about how each of the dads has like, um, you know, adjusted his important schedule of like Daddy. smoking cigars on Wall Street <laughs> while also watching the match, you know, yeah. um, in order to participate in this whole scheme. Like I could see a dad be like, oh, yeah, but we have football practice and stuff and it's complicated, so maybe this won't work. That that kind of thing I could actually yeah. see why you like would need a dad to... Like anybody something yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it's... <laughs> no, it's just like, oh, it's so cool that the dads are putting themselves out to access free childcare. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, you're doing them a favour. This is... It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that is just that whole thing of, like... Oh, look, it's another time. Father spending time with his own children. Praise him. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yes. These dads are doing the bare minimum and we should remember how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Christy uh, briefly feels a bit bad for Marianne. Marianne was being awfully quiet, but just as I was starting to worry about her, she gave me a little smile to let me know that she would handle Mother's Day somehow, just as she had handled it every year before. Oh, well, that's okay then. That's a- well, actually, I think that's sort of the point. It's like, like, yeah, she's had an awful lot of Mother's Days. Christy never talked to her about it. Like, you know, they're best friends. Clearly not. No, probably not. <laughs> it could be one of those things that you have talked about and it's still awkward. I don't think Christy... Uh, have we ever seen Christy ask anyone about their feelings? Good question. Um, Can I just say as well, this is a Christy's inner monologue book. Yeah. Right? In which she is invariably more sane than the books where she's being observed by outsiders. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because Christy is Loki and is there to like fuck shit up for plot reasons. <laughs> Except when you have her being in charge of the plot, in which case it generally makes some kind of sense. Um but yeah, so it's gonna be it's just gonna it's just a different character altogether when she's steering the ship. <laughs> I also think that maybe everyone is a bit of an unreliable narrator. I think so. I kind of like that, actually. And that they're maybe slightly amping up the madness of Christie's behaviour sometimes. <laughs> I think right. that's if, if you or I was actually there, we would not see her say exactly the terrible things that she says sometimes. <laughs> this is a good stance to take, I think. I will, on the unreliable narrator front, she did have Mallory ask her something sounding odd earlier. And I just remember thinking... Given how snarky and cynical Mallory tends to be in her narration about the club, I doubt it, kid. Yeah, I doubt it. I think you're editorialising there, Christy. That probably wasn't all. Mallory was being sarcastic and Christy did not pick up on it. Entirely likely, yeah. accepted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I like how on the side of the junior babysitters we are. Absolutely. <laughs> 
they're just more sensible than the older ones most of the time. Unless it comes to earrings. They do not have the puberty hormones messing with their heads. So they're, <laughs> yeah, they're just a yeah, lot well, more sensible and clear-headed. Except when earrings are involved, as you say, Aoife. Um, you know what? I wonder if the whole incident on the boat, which we've just recently heard, because that episode was coming out, where Christy is standing there nude, glaring at Claude, <laughs> yeah. is like, and if it feels like one of those conversations where two people who weren't there, like, oh my God. And then she was like, just naked and staring. <laughs> uh, whereas like, she actually had like taken off her shirt and turned around and gave you a funny look or something is what actually happened. Yeah, like, yeah. Has it just got... It, <laughs> It has ballooned in the retelling. <laughs> yes, that that makes a lot of sense, actually. We can never believe anything that we read in any of these books. We... From now on. Uh, I mean, we did a lot of inserting our own interpretations on things anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to make everything either make more sense or be more interesting, so yeah. it's fine. And then everyone was so mean to me, and I apologised <laughs> humbly. <laughs> And then we were all friends again, but I was still hurt. <laughs> like, mm, okay, cool. This is interesting. And I kept notes. <laughs> oh, I want to see the video footage. Yes, from exactly. <laughs> we need like impartial third par- third party data on all of this. <laughs> Let's ask Which... Janine. Yes, Ooh. Janine would be like, I took the liberty of recording your conversation. <laughs> also, though. Janine will definitely respond to is everyone terrible in this book with yes, yes. for every book. Yes, so. yes she will. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> next chapter is chapter five. Claudia is mining Jamie Newton and he's upset because he wants to go to a carnival, but his parents are mm-hmm. busy. But Claudia has the idea that they could go to the carnival as their field trip with the illegal daycare kids. Yeah, Christy has come up with the idea of having the illegal daycare, but they don't know what to do for it. So they're all being pumped for ideas again. Yes. Um. <laughs> and we know how well that goes, usually. <laughs> she, she hasn't told them, get real babysitters yet. But uh, it's So it's just as well that Claudia has come up with a solution. Also, Claudia is speculating as to whether there'll be an incredibly problematic freak show at the carnival. Which yes, thankfully what the there fuck? turns out not to be. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I did tag that as because what Claudia said was I'm 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 gonna have to read it. I'm sorry. We apologize in advance. Yeah, <laughs> Claudia raised her eyebrows. Were there really bearded ladies and people who were half man, half woman, or who could swallow fire or swords? To which I've been like, I think what I tagged that was was yes, yes, but please change your terminology. No and no. <laughs> I I mean, did you guys see Carnival? I think they yeah. do not want you to use like, terminology of the kind that's designed to make people's lives easier. That's just no, not it's true. But also, like, I'm works. sorry, it was the late '80s in a small town. What did this this kind of the freak the, like the carnival freak show things didn't still happen? I hope. Did they? I hope. I don't think so. I don't know. Or it would be like just like the strong man and it's just some dude who lifts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's always what the strong man was. I don't well, think it's I know. problematic that up. That's fair. Also, this chapter was one that really hammered it home to me. Anne M. Martin, someone told her about Mondegreens before she wrote this book. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh my God, it's full of them. Yeah. I think David Michael had one or someone had one earlier. And then Jamie keeps singing song lyrics incorrectly in this one. Oh. and. I remembered the song lyrics from Jamie. Actually, read those out if you if you don't mind, because I think 
People won't know what you mean. Yes, I haven't marked yet. Oh, give me a comb where the buffaloes roam and the deer and the antelope pay, where seldom is heard a long distance bird <laughs> and the sky is not crowded all day. That's or, uh, that's actually funny though. Like, then, oh, it is. No, I mean they're funny, but also like, why are there so many Mondegreens in this book? And then the next one he tries is a. Uh, Oh, he fries food to the air with the greatest of V's. That's just kids mangling their consonants a little bit. No, it is, but like, it's like, like David Michael did wrong, or Karen did wrong mm. song lyrics earlier. Mm. And I think there are other incidents of wrong song lyrics in this book. Like, it's just, there's never really been much of that before. And this book has like a bunch of examples. It's funny. Yes, yeah, some, somebody else quotes, uh, the girl with colitis goes by. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. that's it. I knew there was another prime example. Which again, yeah. surprisingly rude for these books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they just assumed the target audience would have no idea what Kaleidos was, so. I did not. I think I knew what a kaleidoscope was. I think a gr- <laughs> the girl with kaleidoscope eyes is correct. Is yes. that yes. the actual line? Yes. That is correct. Yeah, not the girl yes, it was one of their drugs songs. <laughs> it was not a song about what problems <laughs> drug inspired lyrics are bullshit hot take <laughs> i mean you're right i have listened to many many in my time they're only fun if you're actually also on drugs otherwise they are fucking meaningless and confusing and annoying uh, so yeah fuck you the beatles <laughs> this has been our editorial stance on the beatles we really are approaching <laughs> middle age aren't we yeah. <laughs> Middle-aged people love the Beatles. Sorry, elderly true. people love the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So old. I'm nearly 38. I'm so old. Anyway, let's mm-hmm. move on. So, yes, next chapter, Claudia floats the carnival idea. Everyone's on board. Uh, they realise that they have a terrifying number of children lined up for this. They call in the big guns. Oh, yes, they have to They have to haul in outside help. Um, mm-hmm. They call Stacy in New York. And she is going to come back and help them out. And it's going to be the first time that all the Babysitter's Club will actually meet. uh, Because she has never met Jessie before. Mm. So they're all very excited about that. And Jessie is in her old room. Which is kind of weird and like, yeah, interesting. Uh, So yes, next chapter, Christy is back home. Um, Can I actually raise something about how like, yeah, so Claudia has... Uh, she's babysat Jamie Newton and she's had this great idea and she's so excited about it and she like races to the club meeting um, and uh, she says to Christy like okay yeah I've got an idea about where I might go Christy's like okay cool I'm so curious because they're the first two people there she's like but I guess you should probably wait uh, you might as well wait till everybody's here to tell people about the idea and then they sit awkwardly in the room with Claude (laughs) like (laughs) and it's like you did not have this level of willpower about your own brilliant idea christy (laughs) no way to rain on claudia's parade (laughs) christy is the one who has ideas yeah Yeah. it just see i interpreted that as like i don't want you to tell me first like i'm someone special let's wait till everyone hears it at once but yeah okay i think it's a line i guess you might as well wait yeah that's because I think if Christy had been like, so okay, cool, let's wait till everybody's here yeah. and then we can be excited together. It's more like, oh yeah, I mean, well, we can hang on. It's not like your idea is going to be as exciting as my idea. I don't need to hear your idea. It's fine. It's, it's not going to be as good as my ideas. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about unreliable narrators is that they actually give away stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, well, they're... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Christy's hanging out with the kids at home. Um, 
she's like a bit bored. She goes for a walk to try and scope out um, Bart Taylor's <laughs> house, but he's away. Um, <laughs> she's like, what even is the point? Yes. <laughs> so she wearily, as everyone does when they're bored and at a loose end, decides to give the kids some softball lessons. Um, I, I, at this point, I'm wondering, do these kids even like softball? Or is it like, oh, Christy's making us do batting practice again, whatever. <laughs> Just yeah. give her what she wants. We have her word for it that they're all passionate about softball. But um, <laughs> then her mom comes home, having seen the flyer for the Mother's Day childminding mm. shenanigans, uh, crying um, because it's so nice and everything and at that point even christy asks if she's pregnant because like this really is a really (laughs) odd way to act unless you are full of hormones like i don't understand why she's literally crying yeah such a lovely surprise but also when i was 13 i would not have remotely thought about maybe that person is pregnant and therefore full of hormones as, as a reason for this like i would have been unsettled yeah i probably would have been like are you on your period or <laughs> I, I don't think I even would have thought of that thing. Which is like, what's wrong, ma'am? Why? Why the weirdness? What's going on? Are you dying? <laughs> Am I dying? Is someone dying? <laughs> what's wrong? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about Claudia's flyer? Actually. Oh yeah. Go- yes, I love Claudia's flyer. I can read it out if you want. Yeah, if you got the quote, that'd be brilliant. Uh, the invitations were pretty cute, if I do say so myself. I don't know why it's the if I do say so myself because they were your fucking them. work. Um, weren't they though weren't they Claude had drawn two pictures on them in the upper left hand corner was a totally dragged out looking mom she was holding a briefcase in one hand and a vacuum cleaner in the other and a baby was strapped to her chest her hair looked frazzled and there were bags under her eyes in the lower right hand corner was a rested mom she was sitting in a lawn chair with a book in one hand and a glass of iced tea or something in the other (laughs) she was smiling and the bags were gone in the middle of the page, we'd written, surprise, happy Mother's Day. The members of the Babysitter's Club would like to give our special moms a special gift. I thought that part was corny, but no one agreed with me. <laughs> well, to be fair, Christy, you were right. But, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mothers went for it. Yeah, um, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, the mother is doing the third shift. And yes. they have, they have internalized that mothers do this. Yep. But they haven't really... <laughs> Like un- unpacked it or questioned it, interrogated in this notion yeah. in any way. They're just like, well, obviously the solution is to give them one day off. Yep. So that we, the pubescent girls, can briefly shoulder the burden that we will later yeah. take on full time. It's fine. This is the way. Uh, it's. I love as well that the the tired mother is like she's doing parenting. And housework and also work. She yeah. has a briefcase. Yeah, briefcase. Well, so. it's the eighties. She's having it all, <laughs> and she's tired. So, yeah, I I feel like they might be over promising a little bit. Um, I mean, like to be fair, what they really promise is well, that's meant to be the like worst case scenario, not what they're delivering. What they really mm-hmm. promise is a mom who gets to sit in a lawn chair, read a book. And drink a presumably Long Island iced tea. <laughs> that and that they're delivering on. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's pretty. It's good. a brief respite from the crushing grind of the capitalist patriarchy, <laughs> and you know that's yeah. sometimes that's all you can hope for, and that's enough. I mean, that would have been a better flyer. Can we offer you a brief respite from the crushing grind of the capitalist patriarchy? <laughs> I'll sign up to that. Um, I wish we could get Claude's view on it because I mean, it's possible that she's like. This isn't necessarily something that we think all of you are doing all at the same time, always. But some of you work. 
you know, some of you have many children. Uh, some of you are single parents. It's it's a mixture of all the various different demands. I hope that that's what she's trying to express and not like... I'm assuming that this is meant to be sort of emblematic of like, here are uh, emblematic of like the general thing of like, look, people are busy. Here are some ways in which you're all busy. Yeah. yeah. It's are not busy. so much that this is you, but like... You have felt like this at some point. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm all right with that. I mean, it's a very greeting card sort of a, an image and, you know, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the kids are bickering. Um, oh, yeah, Christy offhandedly mentions that her mom and Watson have been getting a lot of phone calls lately, uh, which is what passes for foreshadowing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. the kid- There's been a lot of foreshadowing in this particular thing. Well, there Two has. Really really has. Actually. But yeah. of them actually doing, like, admin and like mm. legal stuff there has been absolutely not a whisper until this moment true yeah but like what's a 13 year old gonna like notice of that that's true like adults yeah, are I always doing fair. really boring adult stuff and they Ad- really spring the adoption on them they like, really at the do last oh yeah i'm not really cool with it i have a lot of opinions about that I'm... yeah yeah um but yeah, the kids are bickering and Christy is a bit worried that the the blendedness of the blended family is not working and that the Brewer kids and the Thomas kids aren't like mm-hmm. Voltroning properly, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're actually fine. They're fine. They're yeah. so fine. The only thing is that, yeah, Karen and David Michael don't get on great, but two like blood-related siblings of the same ages mightn't either. Yeah. Also probably you know? wouldn't, yeah. This is absolutely normal-level bickering. Like This is not, like, family problems. Yeah. Yeah, David Michael and Andrew have really bonded. Yeah. yeah. Like, so what are you worried about? Karen is, like, happy doing her Karen shit all the time, <laughs> yeah. so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Karen would be a lot as a sibling. Mm-hmm. If you're the same age as Karen and expected to spend time with her, she's kind of relentless. You'd end up bickering. Yeah, and David Michael is quite shy and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that would be very intimidating. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's all sibling dynamics and not, like... Um, exactly. We need a family therapist. Yeah. Kind of yeah. get everyone in and <laughs> fix things, you know? Yeah, Christy is, is overthinking. Yes. <laughs> Uncharacteristically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we next get them having a planning session, uh, figuring out all the kids that they're going to illegally care for they reminisce about (laughs) illegal daycares they've done in the past they uh divide all the kids up into groups and figure out how they're going to keep track of everyone um they don't have is this one they realize they don't have a mr barrett to collect the barrett kids oh yeah so mallory's dad is going to collect them and she's like no, it's great. He loves kids. That's why there's so many of us. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, I wondered what the explanation was. I'm glad it's that. And, and not that your parents just like having sex a lot, because I think they just like having sex a lot. I mean, like, if that was it, they, they're, you know, <laughs> contraception exists. That's true. Uh, many of the other children in Stony Brook are also my dad's kids, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but there are even more pikes than you thought there were. Oh, no. Um, well, no, sorry. Uh, no, uh, I, I kind of like this, though. He was like, oh, there's going to be no kids around. I'm going to go mind somebody else's kids. <laughs> yes, that was actually really sweet. <laughs> if I'm not being a dad, who even am I? I have to go find some <laughs> kids to look after. Can I just 
just drop your kids off to baseball practice or something. Look, it's it's just it's just a thing I need to do right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh. I made some lunches. Here you go. Take them with you. <laughs> I just carry a spare lunch in my briefcase at all times. <laughs> Do we need to like do some batting practice or something? I don't even know. <laughs> do you want to toss the football around or whatever it is? <laughs> so yeah, this is basically, it's a lot of babysitting advice. It's how to plan a group outing with a lot of kids and like mm-hmm. practical details and whatnot. A lovely sensible advice that most of us would never actually have to implement until we were trying to have a birthday party for one of our own children, presumably. Mm. Like, and by us, I mean the people who read this book as children. Yeah, no, nobody is actually going to do this in real life. Nobody ever asks a preteen or would be cool with a, with a teenager doing this. No. <laughs> no, I do wonder if it would be applicable to things like if you wind up being a counsellor at a camp or something. Mm. Um, like, there are probably situations that teenagers... Because, like, we weren't reading this as teens. No. no. We, we were never put in a position of responsibility for that many children at that age. But, they're, like, I can see it arising. I, I remember um, holidays as a kid, especially one time we were in Sligo when... There was like a kids club at a hotel we stayed in for a week or two and we spent a lot of time in that. And that was the kind of thing where like the, the I thought they were adults at the time, but they were clearly actually very, very young <laughs> yeah. people who were running it. Um, then I think this would have possibly been quite useful advice for them. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, applicable to young adults who are working at some <laughs> points in their lives. Yeah. It's not something you're going to need when you're 13, but. Mm. Um, also, more foreshadowing, Stacy's parents sure are arguing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? Christy knows about that, even though she's not actually that much in touch with Stacy anymore. No. So I reckon they get all the gossip from Claudia, though. Like, now, Stacy yeah, volunteers it to Christy on oh, the phone. Oh, yeah, she does, not she? I, mm. Yeah, I, I wonder if Stacy trying to sound Christy out. And be like, does this sound like when your parents are about to divorce? You know about divorces, right? Yeah. Although Stacy kind of cheerfully dismisses it. As far well, as she I says, recall. I think it's just a phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, she doesn't think that. Yeah, it's fair. And she would be better to talk to Dawn, though. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah, because like, Christy's dad basically just left. Y- yeah, and he's been yeah. gone for like a long time. Like, uh, yeah, Christy was quite young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a weird little exchange. I'd say Stacy is officially worried about this, but yeah. and she's mentioned it in passing, but she's probably not going to try and sound Christy out about it too much. Also, I wonder is this Christy being an unreliable narrator? And actually, what Stacy said <laughs> is, "Look, I'm really worried, and I just really want to talk to someone who I think might understand and have some similar experiences." <laughs> Could you tell me a little bit about your family background? And what Christy heard was, "Yeah, they're arguing a lot, but it's just a phase." Anyway, let's talk about babysitting. <laughs> What Christy said was, it's probably just a phase. Let's talk about babysitting. Yes. <laughs> I love that thing. I know I have done this in the past where I've summarized your point. But like, yeah, like you said, X. You're like, no, that's not what I said at all. Like you said, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not fine, though. Like you said, what I'm up to is much more interesting. <laughs> Okay, please, please stop me if I ever do that to you. I did have someone call me on it once. <laughs> I, if you've ever done that to me, I've been too oblivious to notice. So the system works. I mean, I think ev- everyone does it occasionally, though, with the like, <sighs> as you said, I've misunderstood your point and I'm going to state my misunderstanding. 
Yes. Like, it takes a, an especially confident person to to be like, no, though. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are just like, I guess. Um, I had completely summarized her argument wrong based on what I had thought it was. And she was like, mm, no, that's backwards. Mm. Okay, thank you for the, the feedback. <laughs> it was my master's supervisor. She's supposed to do this kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. It's still really hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it wasn't in a social situation, though. That would be worse. It yeah. was in a social oh, situation. Oh, no. <laughs> But you know, being wrong is the worst thing in the world, and you survived it so well done. Yes, it's it's hard. It's hard going. Congratulations! But, uh, yes. We're I work at it. I try really hard to be wrong. <laughs> you come through okay. so much. So <laughs> Stacy turns up. Everyone gets emotional. There's slight awkwardness with Jesse, uh, but they smooth it over by talking about babysitting because babysitting makes the world go around, so it's fine. Well, babysitting is the only thing these people are guaranteed to have in common, I think, is the answer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really. Having professional shared interests is oh, yeah. actually super useful. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Christy panics because they've been so busy bonding like, and having human emotions that she didn't call the meeting to order until 5.35. And everyone tells her to lighten up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, sorry, Claudia does. Well, and Christy is cranky about that too. Uh, so she's still Christy. <laughs> There's yeah. maybe a little bit of lingering resentment still. Claudia is the vice president. And I think in some ways she's the next strongest personality in the club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's probably where a lot of the jockeying for position actually happens. Also, calling the meeting to order is completely meaningless. <laughs> yes. It's 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 her thing and she's going to do it. Like in Galaxy Quest, I have only one job and it's to repeat the computer instructions, but damn it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes. Cool. Where are we at with the babysitting? They get excited. They make a few last minute plans. Uh, Mimi turns up and we're not going to say anything about that. Nope. Uh, next chapter, I think we have our first made-up terminology. Ooh. Uh, because Stacy has decided that lying in bed and remembering something really really well is called rememberizing um yeah so she rememberizes a flashback of the first time she met claudia and then apparently at some point off screen tells christy all about this which is pretty weird (laughs) like (laughs) they they do specify that they have like a lot of pizza parties where they stay up all night talking i imagine that's when this level of of like detail gets imparted okay, to one another. Um, yeah. We we don't know how far after the fact these books are being written. That's true. The implication yeah. is not very, but let's uh, not think <laughs> about that. You wouldn't think it was very, yeah, because I don't know what's going to happen in this. Uh, never mind. We won't think about it. Then she thinks about babysitting for Charlotte Johansson, and then she thinks about Cam Geary. Um, yes. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> okay. I'm moving it swiftly along. <laughs> yep. Stacey's thinking about Cam Geary in a platonic sense yes she's thinking (laughs) about his lovely personality (laughs) no she isn't and you know it his philanthropic efforts (laughs) exactly his undoubted acting chops uh but eventually it's time to get up and get ready for babysitting so they uh get all their stuff ready and make color-coded tags for the kids because you've got to have accessories uh Mm -hmm. the kids all turn up Random kids cry. Uh, Stacy and Charlotte have a touching moment of being reunited. Dave and Michael mm-hmm. is disgusted by their display of human emotion because <laughs> toxic masculinity is real. Because Nikki Pike has corrupted him. Yeah, mm-hmm. since the last few books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny Prezioso is an ableist little shit, but Haley Braddock tells her to fuck off, so it's fine. <laughs> 
O'Shea Rodeski also complained about his tag. It must have been pink or something. He felt like a girl. I think it's just the fact that he's wearing a thing. It's the oh fact my gosh, that they made him accessorize up, made him feel like a girl. I couldn't remember what colours they ages had. I was not bothered going back to find it. So I've forgotten that bit. What's really interesting is they had um, they had painstakingly sorted everybody into groups. And we'd heard about this bit. And to be quite honest, I found this really fascinating to read both then and now the <laughs> process by which they're like okay we have to put them all in groups and we have to move things around and who make it all work and, and yes uh which it was like <laughs> wedding table planning I was just literally that. i was like i revisited this i am kind of like why so christy makes them all write down groups and then she's like okay no this isn't gonna work because we have so many groups and they're like okay we'll cut out all your groups and move them around I'm like, why would you cut out the groups that people have come up with instead of the individual names yeah, that that's no wild. You need the names separately. cut out. Yeah. So yeah, when I was doing wedding table planning, which did involve um, Co- compensating for certain combinations, <laughs> certain combinations of people who could not yeah. be sat next to each other. It always does. Yeah, it's fine. It was, I was I was glad that the the friends groups fell, <laughs> the feuds fell into two different categories, so I could have two separate tables. <laughs> just put, beautiful. Split people down the middle. So that, that actually worked fine. Um, but that was what they should have done, right? But yeah, so Shay Radowski has is kind of the odd man out because they're like, we just we have to put him in a group um with some kids who he doesn't really know at all. Um so they put him with Karen Brewer and Andrew Brewer. Yeah. Um and they're like, they're much younger than he is, but we hope this will work out. And Shay uh <laughs> Shay adopts a persona of, hey, I'm going to be a big brother, and he minds them. It's so wholesome. Um, I know, and Karen, like, has yeah. an absolute crush on him. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, just a sort of a, a hero worship thing, like, oh, yeah, yeah Shay is... He's like know. senpai. Yes, he, he becomes yeah. senpai. And he's like, Andrew, you're eating your sandwich, you're going to get so big and strong. <laughs> the first time I heard the word crush or the first place I frequently came across the word crush was the Mallory Towers books where it did not mean romantic. Uh, which is hmm. why I tend to use it, meaning that Senpai noticed me kind of uh, oh. like hero worshipy thing. Hang on. Did the Mallory Towers books talk about girls having crushes on older girls and it'd yeah. be just a... Oh, literally, I always assumed that was romantic. I assumed that was just... Oh, I like assumed... Even reading them as a small kid, I was like, oh yeah, cool, lesbians. Yeah. Oh um, no, see, I knew gay people hadn't been invented yet, so... <laughs> No. But like, no, I think that it is actually correct to say that some of those. Oh no, some were, of them. Yeah. I just think that there's or the majority also, of them, maybe. Were... Uh, no, no, no. I'm like, I mean, I think it's. I don't think Enid Blyton intended them as romantic. I think the word was used for a hero worshipy type thing. I will cheerfully interpret them as romantic when reading the books, since I became aware that you know lesbians had been invented. <laughs> There's a lot of like non-entity chapters in this one that is just everyone does admin. So like they're very good. (laughs) But I was really interested in the admin when they were cutting and pasting names into groups. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they go off to the carnival. They talk about their various goals for the carnival. They have rationed out the amounts of activities that the kids can do so that everybody gets to do some stuff. They take Karen to the haunted mansion. Uh, which is not as impressive and fancy as the one in Disney World and doesn't contain an actual ghost that will haunt Karen for several days to come, but (laughs) does scare the life out of her so that she has to be let out an emergency door, which is quite sweet. (laughs) Especially given that she's the spooky kid. Yes. I know. (laughs) No, I can't handle this. 
I, I kind of like that the um like Disney World haunted house, which is all glossy, is one thing. Yeah. But the creepy, probably slightly down at hill local carnival is fucking terrifying <laughs> yes. beyond measure. And has to be, even though the staff member is super nice and lets her out the back. Yes, and, and then like, tells her all the secrets of how they make the haunted house special effects, which is lovely. <laughs> and the the babysitter with them is like, uh oh, she's gonna the. the the staff member is like, no, you can't tell anybody about this. And Karen is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And Christy's like, the whole town is going to know this. The, the carnival should just leave. <laughs> yeah. Just pack up your stuff Maybe and that's why just... carnivals travel around, because there's always a kid like this. There's always I feel a like that brewer. might be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, the kids have fun. They do activities. They... Margo is only... Margo wants to go on some ride called the Whip, uh, <laughs> which is some kind of puke factory, clearly. <laughs> um, uh, they tell her she can only go with a merry-go-round and she can't even go on a horse that goes up and down. She has to sit on a stationary bench mounted on the merry-go-round and she still throws up. <laughs> yeah, this kid is not made for fairgrounds. <laughs> no, or just any kind of movement. Or fun. Really, she can go on foot. That's about it. Merry-go-rounds. They shouldn't be supposed to make to go so fast that they make you puke. It's Margot Pike. I don't think this is the merry-go-round's fault. Yeah, Margot Pike anyway is basically just a puke machine. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am not holding Sudsy's Carnival responsible for this. <laughs> no, I don't think we should. <laughs> so they go to the park next door uh, for everyone to eat their lunch. Um, everyone has lunch. It's all fine. Uh, Sherodowski is being nice to the small kids. Uh, Jenny Prezioso is eating her sandwich in a very small, fussy manner. Um, someone uses the word fart. <laughs> I actually missed this when I read it like last, well, two weeks ago. And I literally only noticed it now. But David Michael says the Adams family started when Uncle Fester farted. So mm-hmm. these books have an actual rude word in them. I am impressed. So edgy. This is very edgy. This is like a gritty reboot of the franchise. So what's the significance of David Michael having been prevented from saying farting in the family sort of setting? I think that was just And being allowed to. Christy is just bossy at the dinner table. Yeah. (laughs) They're out and about and like everyone's letting their hair down a bit. It is true that there is like dinner table conversation and not dinner table conversation. (laughs) You know, I guess that's... One does not discuss farts at the dinner table. Their kid's gone wild. Yeah, basically. <laughs> very, very gently wild. Also, there's way more kids than Christy can, can like comprehensively boss around. Yes. Oh man, that's true. Maybe yeah. Christy <laughs> has to just relax it. Pick Tiny like 1%. <laughs> Margot Pike eats her sandwich very slowly because everyone keeps telling her to eat very slowly. <laughs> drives so she does it excessively slowly. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, yes. One molecule at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Karen Brewer tries to tell everyone the secrets of the haunted house, uh, but Christy gives her the stink eye, so she um, <laughs> trails off. She takes it elsewhere, I think. Yeah. And just she's tells them somewhere that Christy can't hear her. She's still going to get around to telling them, but I think Christy benignly thinks that her own stink eye powers are enough to stop Karen, because she doesn't know Karen that well, I guess. Um... Then they go back to Claudia's house. Uh, everyone relaxes and makes Mother's Day cards and sing songs. And the cooperative dads heroically come and collect their own damn kids. <laughs> and it's all good. Hmm. Um, this has been the illegal daycare. Yeah. It. Yeah. 
that's that's kind of it. It it felt like all the illegal daycare books felt very sort of full of content yeah. to me when I was reading them. I I think I just enjoyed reading them as a kid, but yeah, they're they are certainly short on um <laughs> They've got loads of little details, but not a Short lot of Short and plot, long on yeah. babysitting. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. good. Like, I mean, that's what people were... Certainly what I was reading these books for. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not reading mm-hmm. these for, like, drama and, like, interpersonal shenanigans. Nah. Whatever. Yeah. This no. is definitely reading them for, like, cute kids doing random things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I did a whole ton of... Uh, Mallory keeps singing all these songs... Oh, yes. To the kids. Oh, yeah. And I looked into all of the songs because I was, like, <laughs> deadly curious about them. Yeah, to sing um, with the kids. Mm. Yeah, because I didn't know... The first one, the I've Got Sixpence, Jolly Jolly Sixpence, I didn't know that at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it turns out it's a World War Two era song about being happy, about being broke. Um, cool. Found it on a Scout Songs website, so it might be why it's popular. And uh, ah. something called Rise Up and Sing, which I thought might be all Jesus-y, but they have a whole section about Pete Seeger, so they're probably... <laughs> Oh, like, so probably not that kind of rise up. Sixties, probably the other kind of rise up. Political, yes, sixties folky political stuff. I think crushing the capitalist patriarchy. Woohoo! Woo! And then obviously we ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragged and funny, etc. I knew that that one was like I know that that's one been around for a long time. Yeah, okay. uh, again, yeah, that's really old. I can't remember how old that is. It's like nineteen tens or something. It's super old. Mm. Um, I I literally just researched how old all these songs were, and then once you come home, Bill Bailey, which I've heard of, but I didn't actually um uh, know the tune of. So it's from nineteen o two. Oh, so it was written in nineteen o two. The writer was working as a bar pianist in a bar in Jackson, Michigan, and someone Willard Bill <laughs> Bailey was a regular customer and friend. Uh, one night oh. told uh, Cannon about his marriage to Sarah. Cannon was inspired to rattle off a ditty about Bailey's irregular hours. Bailey thought the song was uh, very good. Brought him a dashed off copy of the song to show Sarah. She couldn't see the humour accepted without comment. The picture it drew of her as a wife. So it's basically about a wife being like, oh, yeah. Um, oh, Ca- Cannon sold all the rights to his, of the song to a New York publisher. Died from cirrhosis of the liver age 35. Willard and Sarah Bailey later divorced. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Although, yeah, that's kind of how I picture almost everything from the early 20th century. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like... Um, and uh, then the last one, it was like, I actually recognised it because we used to sing it at, at Cubs. Because, mm-hmm. hey, ho, nobody at home, meat nor drink nor money, have I none, etc. Um, mm-hmm. A slightly different, but pretty much the same. That's apparently a 16th century huh. uh, song. Huh. Um, yeah, there's a, it was published in uh, 1609. Wow. Yeah. Hey ho, nobody at home, meat nor drink nor money, have I none? Now in the version of the Cubs sing, it's still I will be happy or merry or something along those lines. Uh, but this instead goes fill the pot, Edie. Okay. It's what they sang in the 16th century. There you go. Often sung by carolers at Christmas time, according to the oh. internet. But just like, yeah, I was deathly curious about all of them. They all have a kind of a yeah. camp song, scout song yeah. feel to them. Yeah, she also has them singing the ants go marching one by one, which yeah. I then had stuck in my head for like a week after reading this. <laughs> I think if I was the Pikes, I would definitely enroll all of my children in Scouts. Yes. Because there would be the chance that they would then go away for a weekend all together at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone kind of chillaxes uh, at Bakishi's house. Um Claudia and Dawn ha- and Stacy have made little like personalized brooches for their mothers out of like oh yeah little miniatures that represent their various hobbies. 
uh, it sounds very like five minute crafts and very cute. And yeah. like yeah, a I gift to get from your kid. Uh, Marianne mm-hmm. has decided to get her dad a present because he is her parent and that's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And then I guess everyone is relieved they no longer have to think about her feelings. So it's fine. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Get out of here. Sorry, my cats are being <laughs> cats again. I mean, I hope that they're usually cats. <laughs> I'm worried if they're occasionally not cats. That is troubling. Karen and her Lovecraftian monstrosities. I mean, have you seen a cat yawn? They're all Lovecraftian monstrosities when they yawn. Let's see a rabbit yawn. What does that look like? Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, you know the way rabbits have that cute little thing where their mouth kind of goes down and then into the two, like an upside down Y? Yeah. So that top's actually a complete split. So their mouth, like, divides in three. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, like a demogorgon. And their teeth are enormous because they're rodents. <laughs> Well, they're not actually runs, but you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like worse. But yeah, they've got those teeth that keep Yikes. growing. So, so yeah, super scary. I what mean, I that? thought it was cute. Like, I, I would love to see the rabbit yawn. Like, look, he's yawning. Oh, yawn. But, you know, that's... <laughs> oh, he's a little face hugger. <laughs> yeah, basically also, yes. Um, It's kind of creepy <laughs> if you're not used to it. I mean, I presume all the, the sci-fi monsters are based on stuff that we see. Yeah. Based on adorable rabbits. Ones. Yeah, probably. So Christy goes home and, oh my God, yeah. Uh, her mom and Watson sit everyone down and announce that they have some news, which is that they're adopting a little girl from Vietnam tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the first they're telling anyone about it. Yeah. And what the actual fuck? I mean... Yeah, when I was reading, because I knew obviously from reading later books in the series, reading the Little Sisters books or whatever, I knew that they were going to adopt Emily Michelle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I had assumed with all this in this book that, ah, they must tell them that later in this book that they're going to adopt a baby. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, tomorrow, you'll have a new sibling. Deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's not really... Especially since some of the children were vociferously objecting to the idea of having another sibling. Yeah. Like, have these conversations long before you sign the paperwork, please. Yeah. I guess part of it might be, um, what if it falls through? I do get a vibe from this book. I don't know if it's canon or not, that um, they weren't sure that they were going to be able to actually adopt her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's their explanation, that they weren't sure it would work, but I'm pretty sure there's some kind of middle ground to be had here. Yeah, it's not just like, yeah. We would like to adopt a baby, not, this is going to be your new sister, her name is Emily Michelle. Like, there's a, Mm. they haven't said, we're adopting a baby. It implies, like, a sudden change of circumstances. Like, like boom, yeah. You gotta, you gotta show up. Except that they say <laughs> they've been like planning this for a while and planning for weeks. It's, I mean, if it's like a, a situation where you've been on the list for ages and suddenly, yeah, that uh, might be it. They really didn't think, and then they got told, oh well, uh, the child's coming in Saturday. We do have a yes. If you want to, if if you're okay to like pick up your new child tomorrow, then we can have some. Otherwise, it's gonna be six years. Yeah, yeah, like. Um, I still think they could have done a better job here. Like, oh, I think they could have. Done like, like telling them about it when they had those conversations at the start of the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rather than... It was only a few days, but those were important days that the kids could have been using to get used to the idea that they were going to have a new sibling real soon. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. Andrew is legitimately quite upset 
about this. Mm-hmm. Like he's very shaken up. He's like, I'm not going to be the baby of the family anymore. And um, also, uh, whose baby is she? And did her mommy and daddy give her away or what? And what's I have questions about those as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, they happen off stage. They're answered off stage. Yes, Watson <laughs> takes him conveniently out of the room to have tell him all of these pertinent details. So, yeah, um, like that is a cowardly move. Yes, mm-hmm. there honestly that could that is something that you you could have explained yes. a bit more about how like adoptions happen yes yeah. exactly yeah. it's what are the circumstances under which somebody puts up their child for adoption yeah or she was out of addressing any of this and well yeah like my assumption as at a, as a child reared on like Roald Dahl and stuff is like 19th century orphanage yeah, based, yeah. right um which is not at all true for modern adoption no. like so that was exactly what i assumed when i was a child reading these books yeah but mm-hmm. obviously i've read some things since then yeah mm-hmm. but, mm, <laughs> i didn't enjoy these couple of chapters one of the most troubling things about the whole series yes really. it is very troubling to date so <laughs> the parents go off to the airport the next day to collect the baby also they decide to have the babysitters club over to help welcome the new baby home which like the poor baby um yeah i know right what's more terrifying than like eight strangers oh 14 strangers awesome yeah fortunately she's asleep when she comes home so they put her in the crib <laughs> and leave her to it um hmm. so yeah that's a whole thing then christy decides that emily michelle is going to fix what's wrong in their family and bring them all together and now it's all going to be fine and no pressure at all on this two-year-old and Mm. there we go very displaced yes this very displaced two-year-old who's had some traumatic changes happen in her life and now she's going to fix this family so it's grand fortunately it's just the 13 year old who assumes that that's going to happen and the rest of the family aren't relying on her to fix anything because there's nothing broken and everyone bar christy knows it i sincerely hope you're right (laughs) Please let me have this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is already a shit show. Please let me have this. Okay, yeah. Christy's just wrong. And nobody I has bothered so. to sit down to her and explain any of this. So she just... Oh, God. This is so annoying. <laughs> this made me so cross. Like, you can you can think of, like, reasons and excuses and stuff as to why this would only be mentioned now and stuff. But, like, no, it's not cool. Like, no, it doesn't actually happen this suddenly. Yes, they did know that they were trying to adopt. Yes, there were, like, six other children, six children. I mean, I'm sure there are families who did it in this high-handed of a manner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And maybe even more so back in the day. Maybe. It was like, you know, just kids don't, like, it's best to keep them in the dark until the, you know, the the time at which things are actually going to happen. We'll just, they'll deal with it at that point. I mean... I kind of see that, but I don't think, like, think about when we were small and, like, there was, there was, there was a younger sibling on the way, like, mm-hmm. you know, they waited till a, like, age appropriate period where we could actually deal with waiting that long, etc. And mm. told us they about it. They didn't just it. go, I guess you wondered yeah. why your mother's gotten so big lately. Well, the good news is she's in labour right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, because you do hear about, like, in old, like, that they would nothing would be said, yeah. and the child might ask mammy, "Why is your tummy fat?" Don't be asking me things like that. <laughs> and then, where's mammy gone? She's in the hospital. She's going to bring you back a new baby brother. 
You know, <laughs> cool. like that was a thing, but yeah, but we all recognize that was bad. <laughs> but I don't think that was a thing in the eighties when we were kids, oh, no. or not in like most families. That would have been like, uh, why are you, why are you not telling them? Yeah. And the answer in my mother's case, if she had decided not to, would have been because if I don't tell her, then she won't walk up to a table full of builders having uh, having lunch in a cafe. Uh, where we're a cafe at the side of the N11 and uh, tell them that she has a little brother or sister but she doesn't know which it is because it's in her mammy's tummy and now there's a whole <laughs> bunch of builders staring at me. <laughs> yeah, so maybe mom kind of wished she hadn't but like she still did because it was the right thing to do. That's that's fair. And also builders presumably also know where babies come from. Yeah, I, I, I figured. To... I, I don't think it was news to any of them. These but builders like... will know that I've done it and judge me. Oh no! No, I think that was just like, I just don't really fancy being stared at and gauged for signs of pregnancy by a table full of strange men. <laughs> Thanks! Three and a half year old Eva. I told Kieran so many times that he there was a baby in my tummy that was going to be arriving sooner or later, and he thought it was a joke, and then he assumed it was a like he thought it was hilarious, and then he assumed it was a thing that people had babies in their tummies, and he would look at me confusedly and then look at his tummy and be like, "So is there one? Is basically is there one in there as well?" I just feel like I'm doing a poor job of explaining this to you, but he was really he was what two? He was he would have been getting towards three at yeah. that point um and like when we brought jeffrey home he was like oh <laughs> you know that's which the like, baby ah, that was in that's... your tummy yeah and he was pretty into him he's like yeah this is cool yeah this is my baby yeah hmm. yeah okay so we've recapped the book we vented about the terrible parenting of watson and elizabeth um mm. we had a bit of fashion in this one not a ton Claudia's ice cream cone socks yes. happened in this book, which I've re- recollected um, to an extent that makes me feel better about my own memory, which is a bit patchy at times. <laughs> like, yes, but I remembered the socks. Uh, yes. So they're, I think they're like red, purple and blue socks that if she pushes them down in the right way, they um, fall into three like waves and her legs look like ice cream. Cones. Yes, that was it. And or kind of like by flags, to be honest with you, by flags. <laughs> That's an excellent okay. point. <laughs> yeah. But it's Claudia. Claudia's pretty hetero, isn't she? Well, she had that whole Ashley situation. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, never mind. Strike that, strike that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> that was by erasure, Karen. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm going to leave. I'm leaving the podcast. It's another reply all moment. <laughs> Check your privilege, sis scum. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to go on without me. <laughs> We're all sis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just the best. Straight scum just doesn't have the same punch to it. No, it's not as catchy, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. you're right. We're all sis scum. We're all sis, but some of us are looking at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's amazing. <laughs> so, yes, let's see. Fashion. Um, Mallory's outfit is boring. Jesse's outfit is boring and dance related. <laughs> Marianne has a short skirt because she's cool now. Dawn has lots of ear piercings and a fairly tame dress, but with plaid high top sneakers because she's hmm. an individual TM. That sounds very Converse. Yes. I, whenever they say high top sneakers, I kind of assume mm. they mean high, high top Converse. Yeah. Um, oh, Stacey's hair is punk. 
but not too punk. Yes, she went to a punk hairdresser and said, don't do my hair too punk, which I'm guessing the hairdresser did not fucking appreciate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what uh, What does it look like? Like, it's very confusing. Actually, in fact, I'd imagine the hairdresser was like, fucking spite little upper best side brats. Yeah, <laughs> go to fucking whatever well, the American equivalent of Peter Mark is. Or they were like, money i mean i guess <laughs> yeah give her give her the mainstream hairstyle she wants and send one i guess yeah. there's a lot of feathering involved yeah. yes that makes sense like nowadays there would definitely be some form of undercut or yeah like yeah. shaving but back in the day it's probably a really big hairstyle but not too big yeah i think stacy clearly just wants the cred without actually being edgy at all so let's see stacy's back in her jumpsuits she's got a tight-fitting pink jumpsuit uh, with a white t-shirt, lazy white socks, and jelly shoes. Or at least Christy thinks they're called jellies. Claudia's wearing a pale blue blag- baggy shirt over black and blue leopard spotted pants that tied in neat knots at her ankles. On her feet, she wore purple high tops. I desperately would like a pr- purple converse. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, they both wore all this jewellery and these accessories. Like big, big earrings and headbands with rosettes on them and nail polish. Claudia even wore her snake bracelet. Honestly, what did they think we were going to do? Enter a fashion show? Okay, I'll admit (laughs) it. They looked great. (laughs) I was a teeny bit jealous. Wow, Christy's really bringing the self-knowledge this week. (laughs) Very impressed. Uh, Well, maybe it's very retrospectively, as we've discussed. Maybe. Maybe she's 45 when she's writing this. (gasps) Christy is wearing jeans and running shoes and a t-shirt with a picture of Beaver Cleaver on it and her collie dog baseball cap. I would like to think that the t-shirt was ironic, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think Anna Martin knows about ironic clothes. So she actually no. thinks that Beaver Cleaver is the cool pop cultural icon that all the kids are into these days. I guess. It might have been too current at the time to be ironic anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Leave it to Beaver is from like the 50s. 50s? Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of the really old, like, cheesy, like, the first series of WandaVision. Right. One of the original yeah. sitcoms. I think I have it vaguely stored in the same box as Peanuts, which was current, but also ancient. It's got that kind of timeless feel to it, so I don't know. Yeah. No, no Leave it to Beaver this is, 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 like, squarely, like, boomer culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody walks into the room and the laugh track is like, Hi! Uh, <laughs> yes that kind of time exactly people okay. won't know they're having a good time unless we play the canned laughter all the time um, <laughs> uh, so yeah like it the thing is like if claudia wore this i'd be like this is cool and ironic and edgy and mm-hmm. i yeah. appreciate it but with christy i think anna martin is just straightforwardly thinking i guess christy's really into vintage <laughs> sitcoms <laughs> Yeah, Christy is re- wearing the beaver. I'm not even sure she's that into the vintage sitcoms. I reckon she's probably wearing the, you know, I I strike it that it maybe one of her brothers had previously worn it ironically. She is also wearing her brother's high school sweater. Yeah. Doesn't she support any actual sports teams? Yeah, like that's what she should be wearing. I don't think Anna Martin knows the names of any. No, Christy just, yeah, very vaguely likes sports, but she never mentions a team or even a specific sport that she follows. Yeah. <laughs> like she never watches the big game or whatever <laughs> yeah there's this specific gear associated with sports that yes. you could be dressed they in they have a like. lot of merch Christy wants none of it <laughs> it's kind of mad actually to be like this is the tom- sporty tomboy character and not have her wear a baseball cap from a team yes <laughs> that she supports 
No, she's wearing her her Louis the Collie memorial hat that she's going to wear in every book forever now. Yeah. I'm too much of a purist to, like, define myself by any one team or sport. <laughs> I'm just going to tell everyone I'm sporty. And I just stay. like sport in concept. Yeah. This week I'm watching um, ice hockey. Next week it's going to be sumo, okay? Just accept me for who I am. Exactly. I remember one time my dad got mad into sumo because the only sports channel we had was Eurosport, yes. which showed a lot of obscure stuff. And like for a period of about a fortnight, he was just mad into sumo and he knew then all the names of the top sumo wrestlers. And he was like, watch that Yakamoto fella there now. He's going to do quite well in the next round. And it's like, dad, please just watch her. Like what? <laughs> we used, we did that as well. My mom did the same. Is there a point in time in Irish cultural history when the whole country got briefly obsessed with Eurosport edited sumo? I think if I think if Twitter had been a thing that then that back then we all would have yeah. known that each of our in, in each of our individual houses we were watching the sumo. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, it, it sadly, would have been the sea shanty of its time. It really would have yes. been. Yeah, yeah. My mom's favorite sumo wrestler was Takano Hana. We used to have to keep watching until he showed up to do his stuff. Oh, <laughs> then, then we were allowed to turn it off. It's very good. Yeah, I remember our teach one of our teachers telling us that there was this one sumo wrestler who was known as the one that all the housewives had crushes on. Um, <laughs> and we were like, so do you have a crush on him? And she was like, no comment. Mm, let's talk <laughs> about grammar. <laughs> oh, wow. And you were like, no, you don't because you're a teacher. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a sexual being we're moving on well we were all like 23 i think we knew what was what oh okay one of your job okay well, I-, I assumed you met in school and was the Eurosport thing no 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 this was one of our japanese teachers in japan that's okay that's different and i was like how does that person know that all the housewives fancy this one but yeah that makes sense that would have been very obscure knowledge for my primary school teachers to drop but no this it lady would. wasn't <laughs> japanese fair right it's midnight and my husband needs to come in from his shed um we should probably wrap up if that's okay alright we'll wrap this up it's not a shed it's like an outdoor man cave office okay <laughs> with heating and a fridge and a playstation it's a shed but it's, shed. it's also a shed he's in the yeah. shed I lock him in the shed for the for the podcast recording but he gets restless <laughs> he gets restless does he in the shed he might chew the furniture Karen. <laughs> uh, Would you like to briefly weigh in on whether everyone was terrible? Um, no, everyone was fine in this, I think. Um, even Christy. Except for Elizabeth and Watson's parenting. But yeah, yeah. Christy, Elizabeth and Watson were terrible. The kids were fine. Yeah. They definitely, they had a I'm a Hollywood superstar approach to whether or not they will adopt children. <laughs> yes. Like, just collect them. Just put them in the, in the spare rooms. We got loads. The more the merrier. <laughs> that was terrible. Next, we will be discussing number 25, Marianne and the Search for Tigger. I am going to remember to plug our social media, mm-hmm. uh, which I frequently forget and have forgotten our last two recording sessions. Mm-hmm. I just would like to state for the record that I just did finger guns. And yes, I am bisexual. I mean, you can kind of assume that me and Aoife are doing finger guns all the time throughout this entire podcast, because, you know, that's the song of our people. So uh, we have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Tumblr where we are the podcast at Dawn's house. And on Twitter, we are at podcast Dawn. 
Uh, we also have an email where you can say hello, uh, the podcast at dawnshouse at gmail.com. And we get extremely excited and happy and have no chill when we hear from our listeners. Yes. <laughs> we actually check the email now because I like added it on my phone uh, and I always check that. So woo. Woo. Send us emails as long as they're good. Yeah. We do not care for negative feedback. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you want no, to. We like, no, we don't take constructive criticism. No, I'm, I'm not interested in like self-improvement or constructive criticism or if you hate our accents. Like, just like, <laughs> nah. keep that to yourself. That's an inside thought. So far, nobody has done that. No, nobody it's has great. done that, but I live in fear. Nice. <laughs> it's because we're not popular enough, though. So, you know. That's true. Good. Let's stay that <laughs> way. Stay that way. I mean, I think we're fine for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're, we're not at risk of becoming mega stars of podcasting yeah just as well all right um thanks for listening join us in about two weeks and always remember the best mother's day gift is illegal daycare well unless you can like make a clay handprint and paint it green for a succession of years in which case you should do that Yes, I saw your hilarious tweet about what you'd bought from .de that summed you up as a person. I think so. <laughs> I missed that. What was it? Road filter paper and a vibrator and two D&D manuals. Yeah, it's like two D&D <laughs> books. I was like, oh, I don't have much. I've only just had Amazon DE for a few weeks, so I won't have much purchase history. It's probably not very representative of me. I've only bought, like... Okay, <laughs> enzyme exfoliator, cooker hood, filter paper, vibrator, and two judges of dragons book. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, that's probably a fairly accurate picture of my life at present. That's fine. <laughs> I would literally, if somebody had presented me with that shopping list and be like, identify the friend. <laughs> It would be you, but because of the cooker hood filter paper. Yes. I love that that's and the distinctive one on that. Yes. And maybe the D&D band. The D&D band. Like, yeah. They're nerdy, horny, and practical. I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. I'm like, I'm all right with this. Yeah, I'm like, that's what I look for in friends. <laughs> <laughs> for one second Aoife could I just ask you to turn up the gain on your mic yes let me find the button excellent thank you (laughs) okay so just bear with me here because okay one of them says gain all right now it's upside down (laughs) so if it was what way does the clock go the numbers go bigger that way that way that way but it's upside down so it's that way okay Is this better? Yes. Mm, I am so bad at things, guys. (laughs) But I did it. It's allowed. And yes, I had to visualize a clock and then keep moving my hand in that direction. And yeah, then turn my head upside down and yeah. Whatever works. Your hair is super cute, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) And like, I'm going to have a cool scar on my finger. Um, Oh, even better. Oh, God. Well, you know, sometimes you order hairdressing scissors and you cut your hair during a pandemic and then you slice your finger a little bit with the scissors. I didn't do anything, like, really important. I didn't get infected. It's healing really well. I'm going to have a little scar there to remember the pandemic by. Oh, 
just what everybody in the world wants. <laughs> Physical, Physical scars, scars to go to with go the emotional, emotional mental ones. Exactly. 